me. Okay. So welcome. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us today. Uh, my name is Veronica Abres, and I work for Partners Research Network. I will talk about it in a little bit. First, uh, I want to say that we are very glad to have again with us Michelle Morris. She's from Consolidated Planning Group. She's a financial planner, and she's going to be talking uh, instead of Allison. But in a bit, she's going to introduce herself, too. Um, thank you for joining us. And let me change my slide very quick. Uh, Partner Resource Network is the Parent Training and Information Centers for Texas. We are funded by the Department of Education, specifically the Office of Special Education, to provide free resources and trainings for parents of children with disabilities and youth with disabilities. And we call them self-advocates. Our mission is to empower and support Texas families and individuals impacted by disabilities or special healthcare needs. Who we serve? We serve all parents with children with disabilities and youth with disabilities from the ages of zero to 26. We serve in all the state of Texas. Partner Research Network was first founded in 1986, and now we have four projects serving parents. I'm part of the team project, as you can see there in the map, I'm in the red area. So I'm in Austin. I serve the parents here in Region 13 in Austin, Texas. But if you are not for Austin and you are visiting or seeing this webinar from another part of Texas, we have a regional coordinator very near to you. And if you don't know who that is, you can reach to us, you can uh, email me or put it in the chat and I can put it in contact with the person that is near to you that can help you. Our services are free and we offer a lot of trainings like this one. We offer webinars, we offer workshops in person for parents and for youth. We do information and referrals, one-on-one -on -one technical assistance. We support a lot of in the R meetings and IEP clinics. We do one a, once a year a symposium. Um, mine is coming very soon on April 29 here in Austin. If you want information about it, just please email me. And we do also parent leadership training, youth leadership training, and access to social media resources. So for today webinar, housekeeping items. So if you have any questions at any time, please use the chat box or the Q&A, the Q&A, um, uh, section and Michelle and I, we are going to be um, monitoring your questions and we will try to answer your questions. If for any reason we don't have an answer, we later on we can email you or uh, make an appointment with you and we can um, uh, let you know about that answer. Uh, this webinar is going to be recorded. Uh, for Planet Research Network, we post our videos in our Facebook page and Consolidated Planning Group, they have a YouTube channel. And just in a moment, Michelle is going to talk more about that. And at the end of the session, you are going to receive an uh, evaluation, an email. Um, please help us with that. It's like 
four questions and ask for uh, have feedback, how to improve ourselves and report to our grant and continue giving you guys free trainings and help. Uh, we do not provide CEUs certificates for these kind of trainings, but we can do a certificate of attendance. If you need one, please step it in the chat box and I can do that for you. Again, this is my contact information. I already put it in the chat box, Veronica Apres. That's my email, my phone number, and our main webpage, the www.prntexas.org. Um, this one is our project director report for uh, to Lisa Coward. That's our project director. If you want to talk to her, um, she's the director for team project. As you can see in there, we are sharing also the information of other coordinators for team project. We have Maria Cordero and Rosie Garcia. They are in region one. That's the um, Rio Grande Valley area. Uh, Maria is in Westlaco, Rosie is in Laredo. Myself, well, I already told you guys, I'm in Austin, I'm Region 13, and we have in Region 20, we had Bridget Janes, she's in San Antonio. And uh, I'm proud to tell you guys that we have an office now here in Austin, that's new. Yeah, Yay. we have one, so we have one here if you need us to see us in person, um, we have an office. All right, I think that's all for me. When to stop sharing. And now we are going to start a presentation. We have, I, I, I already mentioned, Michelle Morris. She's a financial planner with Consolidated Planning Group. And we are going to be talking about educational options after high school for special care needs families. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here again with you. I love speaking to your groups. Um, it's always fun for me to do these things. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you everybody for joining us. We should be here until about one. So I hope you have a snack or a drink with you. Um, if you have questions, again, please just put them in the chat box. I'll get to as many questions as I possibly can. We are recording and you will receive the slides later on today. There's a lot of clickable links. And when you get the slides later on today, you'll be able to click all of those. Um, so I'm from Consolidated Planning Group. We are a holistic financial planning firm that focuses on families with loved ones who have some sort of intellectual or developmental disability. Uh, we help plan for the future. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to consider. There are a lot of nuances that not everybody knows. And we do, we help with those things. A lot of families come to us um, for things like these, protection plans, lifetime care plans, transition planning, uh, ABLE accounts, and of course, advocacy and education. The owner of our company, who I'll show you a picture of later, she has two special needs daughters. And um, when they got to be teenagers, she saw just how difficult uh, this this all was and how confusing and how many things you need to know. And so she decided at that point that it was going to be our mission to help other families not be so confused. Um, so that's why we present all of these educational opportunities. Don't let my background fool you. It's fake. I live just outside of Houston. We are all based just outside of Houston. Um, and we serve all of Texas and even other states in the United States. So today we're going to be talking about 
some great educational options that are available after high school is over. Um, again, it's, it's very important information. So thank you for being here with us. First thing we want to ask you to keep in mind is to have realistic expectations child. Um, consider all different options that are out there. You know, it might not be the traditional path that most people talk about. You know, you go to high school and then you go to four or six or eight years of college or 12 years or whatever. Um, you move away and go to college. It's not always like that for everybody. And it's important that you don't compare your child to all of the stuff that you see on Facebook or the things that your neighbors are talking about or your friends who have children. Just don't, don't worry about comparing them. Maybe your child is on his way to the party, but they'll just get there a little late. Maybe um, that kind of party is not right for, for your child. Um, one thing that I like to say is I think of it as one of my favorite foods, popcorn. You put the oil, I make mine on the stovetop. You put the oil in the pan, you put the kernels in the oil, it all heats all together in the same pan at the same temperature. But you know those popcorn kernels do not all pop at the same time. Some of them are early bloomers and some of them take a little bit longer and some of them end up in the bowl. Um, so it's it's just a different timing and that's that's fine or a different path that's fine so when you're thinking about different paths that are available think about um, you know transition programs maybe your kid isn't ready to just go into four-year college and go to full-time college classes there are different trade schools or a community college maybe they take a lighter load than a traditional degree program. Maybe they're, instead of a traditional degree program, they would like to look at a certificate program or get their license to do something. Um, maybe living on campus isn't right for them and you would prefer that they go to a closer school and just live at home. Um, maybe they can partner with other organizations and live on campus. So you want to think about like the Texas Workforce Commission. They have a great program that we're going to talk about called Vocational Rehab. Um, they can help you think about different career paths and ideal work settings. You know, if, if your child is somebody who really can't stand a lot of noise and chaos around them, maybe working in an industrial setting where it's very noisy and very chaotic wouldn't be great for them. You have to align their work um, tolerances and, and what they like and what they hate. Uh, there are even registered apprenticeships that you can look at through the Department of Labor. So these are all opportunities that are available to you and your children. You can also check out Project Search which is a great program. Uh, there's a link there and you'll be able to click that link later on when you get the slides. Let's talk about traits that students need to succeed. And this, I mean, this really applies to all students, but especially if your kiddo has some special needs. Um, the first thing is self-awareness, you know, understanding their own strengths and weaknesses. 
they need to understand what their diagnosis is and what that means for them. What challenges do they have and where do they really excel? Um, if they're aware of those things, it makes life much easier because they know ahead of time, you know, this might be difficult for me. And when they go into the situation and it is difficult for them, they understand why they don't just maybe it would make them less likely to just throw up their hands and say, forget it. And if they are like that, well, number three, we're going to get to perseverance. They need to learn how to stick through things. Understanding why it's a challenge for them might help them stick to it. Uh, number two, being proactive. You know, thinking ahead a little bit and and taking control of the reins. Um, someone used to tell my child that it's uh, it's his turn to drive the bus. You know, when he becomes an adult in the eyes of the law and went off to college, it's his his turn to drive the bus. He's not always going to have mom and dad there um, steering for him. So he has to be proactive, has to have perseverance. You have to be able to do a little bit of goal setting. You know, um, what does your child want and what does that look like and how are they going to get there? I see we have someone raising their hand. Olivia, if you could just put your question in the chat box or comment, that would be great. Um, your child needs to be aware of, but also use the support systems that are there for them. There might be some great support systems through the school or through some of their friends or some of the other programs that are available, transition programs and whatnot, but they have to actually use them. They have to know that they're there and use them. And then every child needs some good coping strategies when things get out of hand, when things get emotional or stressful. Um, they need to be able to deal with that themselves. Um, so all of these things are things that, you know, leading up to that senior year of high school, you can be practicing these with your kiddos, helping them understand these areas and, and building these traits in them. Um, so what happens when you go to college? You know, you have accommodations maybe at the high school level. You've had these IEP meetings and ARD meetings and everything is set up for your child. And then they go to high school and guess what? These just automatically transfer over to college. So some things that you need to um, think about here, contact the offices of disability for the schools that you're considering. They are not all created equal. You know, some offices of disability have maybe one or two staff members. Some of them are more robust. Some of them are new. Some of them have doing the, been doing this for ages. Um, and some of them have a really great program and some not so much. So you want to check those out ahead of time. Um, when, you're, when it comes to that senior year of high school and you're looking at your SAT and ACT testing, your AP exams, um, even into college, college courses and graduate level exams, you can have accommodations for all of these things, but you need to check the requirements on these things early and be prepared. You know, maybe you contact the school or you contact, you know, for SAT or ACT, it's the college board or praxis exams, you know, whoever the company is 
that uh, has these exams. Um, if you're looking for those, you need to find out what they can offer you in terms of an accommodation and let them know what you need and why you need these things. And um, I just saw a question that came up. Is this seminar only for the needs of young people with intellectual capacity for higher education? Not necessarily. We might get to some stuff later uh, that applies to people who are not planning on going to college. Um, it's up to you if you'd like to stay. I hope you will. I hope you'll get something that will be useful for you. Um, anyway, so you need to think about what accommodations you need and ask for them. Um, these companies might want updated testing if it's been more than like three to five years since you've had testing done. Uh, you might need a power of attorney or think about getting making sure that you have all the forms that a college will need. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, for my son, he went away to school in Chicago. He doesn't have any special needs or, or disabilities, but he's in Chicago and I'm here and he's over 18. So he is technically an adult. So what happens if he falls off the L train? Well, there is no, nothing stated that the hospital needs to uh, call me because he's an adult. So it's important that you have these things in place. Make sure that hospitals and schools can talk to you about what is going on with your child, that you have the correct paperwork for all of that. Now, when it comes to getting a job, um, maybe college isn't right for your kid and they go straight to having a part-time job, you can look at the Department of Labor or the Job Accommodation Network websites to find out what accommodations would be necessary for your child um, to be able to keep a job. And they are required to give a reasonable accommodation as long as it doesn't pose undue hardship on the business. All right, so here we have a list here of some of the educational options that are available from different colleges, STEPS program, the STRIVE program, ACHIEVE program. And these are things that are not a typical college experience, but something that is geared a little bit more towards our kids. Um, now, all of these links should be clickable when you get these slides later on today. And we've done a lot of homework trying to keep these um, links up to date and active, but if it doesn't work, please send us a note and let us know so that we can fix that. There's, I think, three or four pages of educational opportunities that are available through different schools, different programs, Project Access, Aggie Achieves, um, Tucasa. Yes, these are pretty much programs that are going to be for at least children who want to take a couple of classes and check things out, but we're going to get to some other stuff later uh, that are not for kids who are going to college. Again, um, University of North Texas, UNT has three different programs. E4 Texas is a good program. Lifelong Learning with Friends. All of these are different programs that, here's a summer program, just maybe you could use that to see, test the waters. Uh, you can check all of these out later on. Now, there is a directory called Think College, 
and they feature over 309 different colleges and universities all over the United States that offer specific programs beyond high school for students with intellectual disabilities. Uh, you can search their database for where, how long the program is, what type of school it is, what living options are available, and they are at thinkcollege.net. Um, another option is to contact Jody Glau. She has a company called Custom College Consulting, and um, she can work with students to help find the best fit for them in terms of what school, what uh, secondary, uh, actually, what college education they should be looking for. Her contact info is all here, and you'll have that later today. There's also the college living learning experience, college living experience. Pardon me, I'm sorry about that. Um, they provide post-secondary guidance and instruction in terms of academics, career development, helping uh, students learn independent living skills and to develop socially so that when they go off to college, they can um, take advantage of all of the all of the things it has to offer and be a little bit more um, independent themselves and secure in what they're doing. Bloom Consulting is another company that has a great program um, where they do either in-person or virtual support for your student. It's called College Connections or Campus Connections. And what they do is they build an individualized support team for your child. They use a wraparound pro, uh, planning process and the Berkman method assessment uh, to really see what they need training in, what they need help with. And then they provide mentoring and guidance and support. It really helps your, your child with um, self-advocacy and learning uh, how to communicate their concerns effectively. Now this, um, this costs $1,000 a month. It is mostly private pay, unless your VR counselor through the Texas uh, Workforce Commission VR program, uh, they might be able to discuss a sponsor sponsorship with you and might be able to help pay for that. Um, a little bit more about Texas Workforce Solutions. Um, they have a great program. I mean, they will help students figure out some of the, the great high skill, high growth occupations in the area and train your child towards those occupations. Um, they can help test uh, and spend thousands of dollars on testing for your child to find out what the impediments to learning are. What does your child need um, to be a better learner and then eventually a better worker? So they help with all of that stuff. There's links um, to start your VR program. They also offer what's called pre-ETS, pre-employment tra transition services. I know we have someone on the program specifically. So if you have questions about it, you can put it in the chat box and she can help out. Um, so for pre-employment training services, they offer career exploration, work-based learning, education counseling, work readiness, and self-advocacy 
Um, and you can click this link here on the bottom. You just sign yourself up. There should be a counselor at your child's school that will help with these things. Um, but if you would like to just refer yourself, you can go online and do that. So how, how are you going to fund this stuff? Um, I, I mentioned one program that's $1,000 a month. We all know that college is expensive, room and board and tuition, it's crazy. So how are we going to fund these things? First of all, make sure that you do your FAFSA. Um, the FAFSA opens every year on October 1st. And even if you think that you're not going to qualify for any money from the government, because maybe you think you work too, you earn too much or whatever, you should still fill this out because schools use that information uh, for scholarships as well. Uh, and it's important that you fill it out early as well because once the scholarships are all gone, they're gone. Once the funding is gone, that's it. Um, there are scholarships, of course. Oops, pardon me. There's community-based, school-based, disability-based, sports, music, band. Maybe your child is in a foreign language club. The foreign language club might help. Um, Maybe there's an activity outside of school, some sort of club or um, association that they're in that can help out. Uh, when you're looking at scholarships, and we have, I think, five pages of scholarships coming up, so we're going to give you a lot of those. Uh, but you need to kind of think about what the deadlines are, what's required. Do they need an essay? Um, just think early, research early, maybe make a spreadsheet to keep it all straight. Uh, do you have something for me, Veronica? Yes, we have a question from um, Mr. Thomas. He's uh, asking about what are the options for nonverbal kids and adults? Um, and I want to mention the vocational rehabilitation VR services that is also for uh, students that are nonverbal. So yes, I don't know, you want to uh, talk more about it, uh, Michelle? Uh, yeah, that VR, the, there's two slides here that talk about workforce solutions and the VR program. Um, so they can work with students who are nonverbal. Fantastic. That's good to know. Yes. So um, when, when you get these slides later on today, concentrate on workforce solutions. They can help you out. Um, and, and like I said, there might be stuff further on in this webinar that could be helpful for you. So please stick around. Um, so you can also save money for your student in a 529 college savings plan. Now, uh, with the 529C college savings plan, you can only use that money on college. But there is also another section of that same code, the 529 a, and that is your ABLE account. That money you can save uh, for your child with a disability, and you do not have to use it only on college. So if you're thinking, you know, many people start a college savings plan when their child is very young, and maybe you don't know at that point if they're going to go to college or not. So you can roll that over into an ABLE account. Um, and then the ABLE account you can use for college, but you can also use it for anything that you can say makes a better life for the individual. 
um, as long as their disability began before age 26, you can use an ADL account. And then again, vocational rehab. I can't say enough good things about them. I've heard that sometimes they might be a little slow in responding, but be patient because it really is worthwhile. It's a great, great program. Um, and that they might even be able to help pay for some college courses if it's in line with the plan that they create for your child. Um, so a little bit more about ABLE accounts. So the beneficiary, your child, is the account owner, but um, it does not count against them in terms of their SSI or Medicaid or any other state or federal benefits. So this is a place where your child can save up money or you can save money for them that does not affect their benefits. Um, it earns income. You put money in there and it it earns income and that income is not taxable. So that's great. Um, there are limits. For example, for 2023, you can put in $17,000 um, and you never ever want your ABLE account to go over $100,000 or else the um, SSI and Medicaid, they'll say, oh, you've got over $100,000. You've got plenty of money. You don't need this. Uh, so, so keep it below $100,000. Um, there are different rules and regulations uh, for these ABLE accounts that you need to know about. So if you're curious, we have had webinars just about these. Um, out on our YouTube channel or call us if you have questions. Um, there are 49, as of January 2022, 49 different ABLE plans available throughout the United States. And you do not have to use the one for the state that you're in. You can use any of them. Um, again, it's very similar to a 529 college savings, uh, just a little bit different. So here are the rules and regulations about the ABLE account. Um, actually, this one looks like it's from 2022 because it says $16,000. So um, I'll update my slide on that one. But again, the investment grows and that earning is tax-free. You can use it on anything that is going to help your child have a better life. And uh, one other thing that you need to know is that after your child passes away or whoever is the beneficiary of the ABLE account, if there is money left in the account, the state can come back, Medicaid can come back and claim some of that money as a reimbursement. So um, you don't want to leave too much money in there, again, for that reason, because you don't want to give it all to Medicaid. Some things, so when I say that you can pay for almost anything out of an ABLE account, I literally mean anything that can be construed as achieving a better life for an individual with a disability, their daily living expenses, health and wellness things. Um, you know, if something's not covered by Medicaid or your private insurance, you can use this. Housing, financial management or attorney services, transportation, education, training, um, technology like their iPhone, um, legal expenses, even a vacation, anything, as long as it's being used on your child and it helps them have a better life. So um, let's talk, switch a little bit. We're going to talk about scholarships. Now, there are 
I think five pages coming up of just links for different scholarships. So I'm, I'm clearly not going to go through all of them. I'll highlight some maybe, but you'll get this, um, these slides and they will be clickable and you can look into all of these different scholarships. If your uh, child is adopted, then there is a state college tuition waiver available. That's good to know. You can also ask for a list of scholarships from whatever uh, specialists you see, like at Texas Children's or Baylor, or um, use these scholarship searches here. I said before, you know, that they might all have different, uh, different application deadlines, different things you need to submit, things like that. So you might want to keep your own list, keep a spreadsheet of what did you apply for? What did you um, send them? What do you need to send them? All of that stuff. Thomas, I'm not sure what age limits there are, but you can click the link and check that out. Another great scholarship is the Terry Scholarship. Um, they provide full ride scholarships at the universities listed here. Basically all the, all the big ones here in Texas. Um, they provide scholarships and they do have some criteria, like they want your student to demonstrate leadership potential and character, have a decent scholastic record and ability and financial need. Um, they do an in-person interview and then um, they give the scholarship funding, but also alumni networking, um, service opportunities and ongoing support uh, throughout college. Now, the owner of our company, Allison, her daughter qualified for one of these and went to uh, went to school on a full ride Terry scholarship because she did a lot of volunteer work. So I would say get your kids started early on volunteer individual um, and really, you know, focus on that stuff. It can be very, very helpful. So scholarships. I spent a lot of time putting these slides together. So like I said, if any of these links don't work when you're looking at them later, just send me a little note and I'll fix it. Um, but there are scholarships for almost anything you can think of. Autism, epilepsy, hearing issues, deaf or hard of, he hard of hearing, um, cystic fibrosis, there are memorial scholarships for people who wanted to leave money for kids with a disability. There's diabetes, learning disabilities, um, cognitive disabilities, asthma, all of these you can check out on your, on your own time and apply to them. There's uh, scholarships related to wheelchairs, medical scrubs, knee walkers, <laughs> schizophrenia, um, Epic Wheels has a disability-based scholarships, scholarship, page four of scholarships, National Federation for the Blind, any, so any disability that your child has been diagnosed with, you can look up their um, national association or the American Council of, or whatever, and see if they have scholarships available. 
there's even, you know, I don't think they're listed here, but there are even scholarships for kids who, you know, duct tape has that famous scholarship where you make a prom outfit out of duct tape and go to prom in that and you can win like a very large scholarship from them. So just check out what's out there um, and, and apply, keep a list of what you've applied for and all of that. Uh, there are two great books Colleges That Change Lives and the Fisk Guide to Colleges that you might want to consider for more guidance on what, you know, there's so many schools out there. What is the best option for me? And most people think that a state school is going to be way less expensive than a private school or something out of state. But here's what I want you to know about that is that um, private schools can offer a lot more scholarships. Um, just from the school. So having a private school with a tuition of, I don't know, $30,000 a year, but they give you $20,000 a year in scholarships, you're down to the same cost as a state school, but maybe it's smaller. Maybe it has a better program in whatever it is your child is interested in. So don't rule out private schools um, in favor of state schools just because of money. Scholarships are available and they're negotiable. Many people don't know that. When you get an award letter, you know, your, your kid gets accepted to a school and you filled out your FAFSA and they will send you an award letter. And it'll say something like, okay, we are going to give you these scholarships um, and this financial aid loan and we're to your student. And as a parent, we're going to give you this financial aid loan or whatever. You can write them back when they send you that letter and say something like, you know, ask for more money. Or maybe your kid is stuck between two schools. They really prefer school A, but school B gave them a better scholarship. Maybe you go back to school A and say, is there something you can do to, to help out? Sometimes they are willing. So keep that in mind as well. Um, some things to keep on your radar as it, as it relates to um, special needs planning, other than, you know, just college stuff. Um, future care cost estimates. You know, what is it going to cost to take care of your child for the rest of their life? We've talked a lot about college, but maybe your child is just never going to have an, a job that is really going to provide enough payment to pay for everything for the rest of their life. You're going to have to save up money for that. It's kind of like, you know, you, you want to save for your retirement and your spouse's retirement, but now you've got a child who is going to need care and need help from you for the rest of their life. Um, so we can help you determine what that is going to cost. Uh, the Texas waivers and interest lists. We have uh, full webinars about that and about SSI and SSDI and how to get signed up for these things and what the differences are and what you need to know. ABLE accounts, we've talked a little bit about that today. That's one place where your child can save money or you can save money for them where it won't count against them. The other place that they can have money is in a trust. Um, you never want your child to have more than $2,000 in their name unless it is in an ABLE account 
or in a trust because then they won't jeopardize their SSI or Medicaid benefits. Um, another thing, if child support is a thing in your life, you would want that to go to a trust. It would be a first party special needs trust for your child or else it will be considered income and count against them and they would lose their benefits. Uh, you wanna make sure that your child is not named outright on any of your assets, life insurance or investment accounts or anything like that. And that any well-meaning family members, grandma and grandpa, don't leave money to Johnny, leave money to the special needs trust for the benefit of Johnny or else Johnny will lose his benefits. Um, if you think that a residential living community might be right for your child, start looking at those early. We do um, some webinars where we have kind of a panel and have a bunch of different communities come in and talk to us about what they offer. Uh, you should definitely check those out, but start touring them. Check them out early because some of them do have waiting lists. Guardianship. If guardianship is something that you've been thinking about, um, you can start that process when you're within six months of your child turning 18. Now, you will need an attorney to set up guardianship and your special needs trust and your will. Um, and we are not attorneys. We can point you in the right direction of an attorney who specializes in these things. Um, and we can guide you in terms of telling you what you need to do, but we cannot do that for you. And of course, post high school education options, which is what today's talk has been all about. Uh, we do have a lot of webinars. So if today wasn't the one that was right for you, maybe you don't think your child is ever going to go to college, check out some of our other webinars that are coming up. Um, this will tell you the ones that are coming. And then uh, a little bit later on, I have a link to our YouTube channel where all of our past webinars live. We also have a podcast. So let me mention while I'm thinking about it, that if you are listening in on our podcast and you would like a copy of these slides, because there's a lot of information that you're not getting unless you see these slides, you can just email us. The email address is contact at cpgcares.net, contact at cpgcares.net. And we will send you a copy of the slides. You can also check out our website, consolidatedplanninggroup.com. This is our fantastic team. We are members of the Academy of Special Needs Planners. We are national social security advisors and members of the Million Dollar Roundtable. Um, like I said, we're almost all based just outside of Houston. We serve all of Texas and across the country. And finally, and this is my last slide. So if you have any questions to um, put in the chat box, now would be a great time. Um, we have, we offer a free consultation. So all you need to do is use this QR code. I think pretty much everybody knows how to do that by now. If not, you can still call us or email us to set up your free consultation. Now, 
by attending this webinar, you did register and give us your phone number and email address, so we're probably going to reach out to you. And when we call, please don't hang up on us. We're just checking to see if you have any further questions for us or if you would like to set up your free consultation. So uh, like I said, please don't hang up on us. <laughs> it's part of the job. Also, you can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and check out our podcast. All of those icons on the bottom are going to be clickable links. So don't forget also to fill out Veronica's um, evaluation. poll to put in the chat box. I do ah, see evaluation. You are going to receive an evaluation. Wow. We have some questions, Michelle. Okay. What are your thoughts on the Texas School 18 plus program? Okay. I think it's a really good program. And especially, you know, it, it helps push back, you know, the number of years that you have to think of, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Because your child can stay in, in high school and they're still, you know, working with teachers and hopefully learning some, some Life skills. skills, life skills that they're needed. Yeah. Um, like that. Be ready for college or be ready for work. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I think they're very helpful. And if I had the choice, I would keep my child in those programs as long as possible. What? Uh, uh, yes. Next one we have from Manny. Can you see that? Um, Yes, it says, isn't transition service available through high school or Texas Workforce Commission? Applies for child with disability age 16 and above. So the um, transition services and the help from Texas Workforce Commission actually can start at age 14. Um, and it really is a good program. There should be a counselor or a liaison at each high school that you can get in touch with. And if not, contact some of the people on the slides that I shared earlier. Yes, transition planning here in Texas, we start at 14. In federal law, it says 16, but here in Texas, we start at 14, guys. Mm -hmm. You can um, ask for your transition meeting and um, you have to address those transitions goals in the IEP uh, when you are for, the student is 14 and up. And about the Texas Workforce Commission, you can um, you can contact them and see which are your um, your um, your person to contact. Um, they, they have caseloads, so um, depending on your where are you living, they they assign you know a service coordinator kind of thing. I don't remember the name of. of Yes, you yes. Yeah. for for yeah. uh, Texas work for for was work for solution or work for commission, but uh, you need to uh, put your you yourself in contact with that person and see what is the plan for your child. I yeah. see another comment here. Our kiddos, while they can learn, learn at a much slower pace. Therefore, shouldn't the parent push for the school to continue academic education? during the 18 plus program. That is a whole big can of worms and I'm not gonna open that right here on this, you know, we have only a few minutes left. So I'm not gonna open that can of worms, but if you wanna vote for legislation on that stuff, you know, contact your local government, your local school boards, um, all of that kind of stuff, your congressmen, your senators, 
and let them know how you feel about that. I, um, you know, I agree with you that they should still be learning while they're there. If they're not, I feel like it's kind of, I mean, you are learning. They're always learning. You don't stop learning until you're dead. But um, yeah, that's that's something to, to take up with the government, unfortunately. All right. Anything else? I really, I appreciate you so much for sticking with me today and for being here. Thank you, Veronica, for hosting again. It is always such a pleasure to work with you. These slides will be in your email box by the end of the day, as well as contact information for Consolidated Planning Group and Veronica Alvarez, and a link to our YouTube channel where this uh, webinar will be hosted. And again, if you are on the podcast, you can email contact at cpgcares.net for the slides. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. See you in the next one, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Securities and advisory services offered through Triad Advisors, member FINRA and SIPC, Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated and Triad Advisors LLC are not affiliated. Advisory services offered through Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated. Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated is not affiliated with Triad Advisors.